Me here now, are those your pronouns, Kurt? But my mom did, and I wore hers a couple of times. And it's just one of those lines in a movie that just stick with you? Threw it out the second store window oh, when it Kurt. happened. Did you ever notice that you hear better with your glasses on? Yeah, but Scooby-Doo had so much fun. And you realize that these podcasts are recorded, Kurt, right? Isn't that a beautiful thing? Since we are talking about dogs, this actually counts as seven episodes, Kurt. Hello, everyone. Smart drivel coming into your ears. Kurt Schneider, your co-host, along with... Uh, John Ellenthal, your other co-host. Kurt and I are in an undisclosed location today, so we cannot tell you where. Top, top secret, but that's okay. You know why? They can't see us anyway, John. Well, we also never disclose our whereabouts, so it's a big ho-hum. It is the... All the rage is audio now, you know, that Clubhouse app and everything else. Everyone's going to audio. So for once, we're on trend, kind of like in seventh grade when you wore corduroys and a striped turtleneck. You were on trend back then. You're saying that people like to speak and listen to recorded audio. Wow, if that isn't a new trend, I don't know what is, Kurt. Did you ever wear wallabies, John? I bet you you did. You know, and I didn't. I know they were very popular back in the 70s when we were in elementary school and junior high school, but I never liked them. They looked very comfortable, though, but they never felt like a me shoe. And I never had wallabies. You? I did not, but my mom did. And I wore hers a couple of times when I was about 11 years old. So when someone says to you as an insult when you're a kid, your mother wears army boots. In this case, your mother wears wallabies. And the insult is you wear your mother's shoes. I kind of never got, by the way, the whole Doc Martin and skirt trend. Was it the Doc Martin part or the skirt part that threw you? The Doc Martin part. Okay, so you would be happy to wear a skirt. You just weren't happy to match them. Not Doc me. Martin. Other people wearing that. Yeah, I wasn't a big Doc Martin person myself. And for that matter, I can't say I've worn a lot of skirts. Although men who wear skirts, more power to you, certainly in parts of the world. That's standard and customary. And if they wore it like a chef hat and it was pleated, there'd be a hundred of them because that's how many ways there are to make an egg. I actually got an email from an old friend the other day who said, I didn't realize how much you like gin martinis. Oh, God, you do like gin martinis. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today, John? We are going to talk about man's best friend. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about dogs. We're going to talk about what it must be like to be a dog or what we imagine it would be like to be a dog. We're going to talk about anything dog related. So if it's dog related, it goes for today. And of course, this does harken back to a very recent episode where we challenge the logic of the expression, I'm sweating like a dog. Nope. Or we challenge the logic of expression, I worked like a dog today. There you go. Yes. You know, second time's a charm. And of course, that's a funny, nonsensical expression because it doesn't appear as if dogs do such hard work lying around all day, sleeping, being fed, scratching themselves, being pet, being fed treats, and going to the bathroom outside. So it actually sounds like a pretty nice day where you and I come from. For sure. You know, it's interesting. People used to say that I reminded them of a golden retriever that was just so happy to be seen and to see people, by people and to see people. 
I'm not sure that's correct. I don't know about golden retriever because I've never thought of them as the swiftest dogs. And so I'm not sure if they're giving me a compliment or a slight insult. Yeah, I was going to ask what you thought the human equivalent IQ of a golden retriever would be and if you would be happy with that answer. No. I think if you take it in the spirit it was offered, I'm sure they were responding to your extremely affable nature, your up for anything attitude, and your fun mentality. That's the best I got for you, Kurt. (laughs) And you know what? I have spent an awful lot of time running in fields, tracking down balls and bringing them back to once they were thrown. So, hmm, maybe there is something there. So when you bring them back, do you put them in your mouth or do you use your hands? (laughs) No, I throw them back. Oh, okay. I got it. I would suspect that of the two of us, you would be at least slightly more likely to have spent time contemplating what it must be like to be a dog. So do you want to share any insights? I actually have. And in fact, my dog Trooper and I spend every minute of every day together. And he and I, since we're the only two in the house, have had many, many conversations, just the two of us. So I know exactly what he's thinking at all times. It's interesting. There was a, 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 I think it was a Swedish movie in the 70s, one of the sweetest movies of all time called My Life as a Dog. To this day, it's one of my brother's favorite movies. I remember my mom loved it. Here's, here's why I think it's great. The movie or being a dog? Being a dog. First of all, humans could learn a lot from dogs. Let's start with probably the most existential thought about that, which is dogs unconditionally address you like they're happy to see you and they are happy to see you and they expect to give you their love and to get your love. Humans do not do that. We'd be a far better species and the planet would be a lot better if we came to every relationship wanting to love and expecting to be loved back. And we don't do that. Look, there are certain advantages to the dog disposition. And I have a dog as well, as you know, Casey and the dogs seem to do a really good job of being present in the moment, something that I find a very difficult time doing. And they seem to just enjoy the moment and they're not thinking back about things that they did in the past that they wish they had done differently and expressing regret. And they don't seem to express a lot of anxiety about some upcoming events. So humans spend a lot of our time time traveling, spending time in the past or spending time in the future. It's really tough to spend time in right now, but dogs seem to do a really nice job of that. So I think you're right. And in fact, someone gave me a great expression the other day, but it is so true for dogs. The person said that he would rather not be a person doing, but rather a human being. Aha. And dogs are dogs being all the time, right? And think about it. If you came up to someone and you just gave them a great look and maybe gave them a a metaphorical wag and they petted you, how great would that be? Life would feel pretty darn good. Well, if you were, if you're talking about dog to human contact, but dog to dog. I'm a human to human. Oh, you were just saying if one person were to act like a dog, the part of being a dog and greeting another living being that I would be troubled by is the whole sniffing the butt thing to get to know somebody. So could you imagine a bunch of humans who like, are at a cocktail party 
or first day of work and you're introduced rather than shaking hands or just giving a nod and a smile, you had to sniff their ass. I mean, just put yourself in that space for a moment. I'm sure they get a lot of rich information dogs do from that. However, you brought up the movie. I was going to say, we've talked about this in the past, but you remember as kids that when those coloring books and things we have, which were scratch and sniff. Now, the scratch and sniff was always lemon, strawberry, blueberry. But what if someone did the dark side of scratch and sniff and it really was dog's butt? (laughs) There are things like that. I mean, Well, there are a lot of specialty products companies that will put your company's logo on a pen or or a USB drive back when that was a thumb drive back when that was a thing like 10 minutes ago. Great cloud, yes. But they also have novelty divisions, some of those companies. So you could get a whole line of like yellow highlighters. And when people would smell them, they would smell like, you know, ass or something really? like that. So you need to spend more time in the novelty <laughs> area of retail, Kurt. But I want to pick up on something you said earlier. The movie My Life as a Dog, which was a Swedish movie, was actually the mid-80s. And I would love to hear why it's your brother's favorite movie, because my recollection of it is that it's a rather sad movie. Isn't it about a young boy who is sent to the countryside, rural Sweden, to live with relatives separated from his sibling who was sent to other relatives? I think, you know what? I have to go back and watch it. I think it became a sweet, not sweet as in Swedish, but a sweet message because I believe this boy found the inner strength in himself to succeed and to be happy. And we talk about the meta-ness these days that we're all going through of how do I just enjoy me here now? And I think he sort of got there. And by the way, if I'm going to draw the, the, the connection to dogs, to your point, that's what dogs do. They are me here now. So me here now, are those your pronouns, Kurt? <laughs> By the way, now should be a pronoun. I, I may have to rewatch my life as a dog to see whether it ended in a positive place. I recall his attitude was things could always be worse and they just seem to get worse. But I'm glad that your brother remembers it fondly. How could you talk about my life as a dog without jumping to... Dog Day Afternoon, another movie. Did you see Dog Day Afternoon? Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Do you remember it? Yeah. He holds up a bank in like a trench coat, and then he's got a gun and he's got hostages. He's very angry, I think, right? Yeah, it's a great movie, at least thought to be a great movie by many. It was in the middle 70s. So since you are a lover of New York history, it's a nice picture of New York in the 70s. And Al Pacino... It was not a great place to be, by the way. And he and his bank robbing partner were basically inept. And their failed bank robbery turned into a hostage situation. And it's a pretty dramatic movie. But, you know, that it was actually based on a true story. There was a bank robbery in the early 70s in Brooklyn at Chase Manhattan Bank. And the story of that bank robbery was pretty quickly turned into a screenplay for Dog Day Afternoon, which got a ton of Academy Award nominations. I don't know what it won or if it won, but it was kind of a thing. (laughs) <laughs> it reminds me of the Woody Allen movie in the 70s. I think it was played again, Sam, or one of those where he is a bank robber and he goes in and he hands a note and the woman says, I have a gum? I have a gum? What do you mean you have a gum? You're close. And it's yeah. funny. I thought of that too. The movie was actually Take the Money and Run. Oh, that makes sense. And he plays basically a really bad bank robber 
Yeah. And his name was Virgil Starkwell. That was the character's name. And he actually handed, I remember this vividly because it's just one of those lines in a movie that just stick with you. He hands the teller a note during his attempted robbery and it says, I have a gub. Yeah. <laughs> a B-U-B. And she's like, gub. what right. do you mean? He's like, and so she hands the note back seeking clarification, but it's a great scene of an inept bank robber trying to rob a bank with a, with a note that says, I have a gub. You know, I heard a story on NPR yesterday and it talked about how America does not have a really a state religion, right? We don't. And but the argument was America's state religion is the idea of the American culture, the American ethos in and of itself, right? Right. And individualism and therefore the founding fathers become like prophets and what they wrote, i.e. the, the Constitution, etc., is like our scripture. And how you can, if you're Egyptian, you can come to America, become an American. If you're an American, go to Egypt, you're never going to become an Egyptian. You're never going to become a Dane. But if you're a Dane and come here, you can become American. And something in that is probably why we have this fierce, independent spirit. And that's why we hold on to the Second Amendment and all these other things, as with religious fervosity, fervor. Yeah. You mentioned you're never going to become a Dane. Was that your reference to a great Dane? And it seemed to actually link your story to the topic of dogs in this episode? (laughs) So when I was a kid, I always wanted a dog. And we did not have one because my mother was scared to death of dogs because when she was a child growing up, her grandfather had a dog in City Island, which was part of the Bronx. And she went there and this dog, I think its name was Jiggy or something, bit my mother on the face oh, was probably oh, six years oh. old. My apparently my great grandfather took the dog, threw it out the second store window oh, when he saw it happened. Dog survived. Dog survived. And my mother had this little scar on her face for the rest of her life. So she was not ready to have a dog. I could see how that would turn you off to having a dog in the house. Now the dog survived. Is it you know I know how memories are fluid and can change over time. Is it possible it was a cat since it oh. landed so I know it probably I don't know how it landed. It's apocryphal. It's the story's worked. It's I, I'm glad to hear the dog was okay. So speaking so, of dogs. But by the way, so we ended up getting one. The right. end of the story is, and we got a Shih Tzu, Dudley, who never got more than 10 pounds because it was a small dog. But boy, he had a lot of personality. I wish I were more dog-like in my disposition. I think the personality, the being present in the moment, the wagging the tail every time you see somebody. The nap-taking? The nap-taking. Per- I actually organized my classes in college in such a way, Kurt, so I could take an afternoon nap every day. I was more interested in protecting my afternoon nap than what classes I would take. People look at the syllabus, I assume, and pick topics they like. I pick time slots I like. <laughs> yes. Well, napping was and is. By the way, I feel very justified because I've been a napper my whole life. People used to make fun of me. In fact, my naps, even if I'm sleeping for 15 minutes, it looks like I've slept for three hours. My hair gets all must. I I get underneath the covers. I mean, I take it seriously. And now it's come around this whole thing that sleeping and napping is really good for you. Maybe we should move to Spain and so that we can enjoy siesta. I think the siesta is one of the casualties of globalization, sadly. Well, I think a lot of local customs and preferences and traditions are at risk because of globalization. But the good news is 
we're going to have a lot of KFC, Starbucks, and McDonald's around the world. So there's exactly, a- exactly. So we got that going for us. Which so Kurt, yesterday was an important anniversary. Sixty years ago, yesterday, Yuri Gagarin, the Russian cosmonaut, yes. became the first human to be in outer space. How does that relate to dogs? I'll tell you how. Because four years earlier, I think it was like 1957 or so, the Russians launched a dog into space, a dog named Laika. And other than the fact that there was no way for the dog to return back to Earth. Therein lies the rub. That dog is revered in Russia. There's like statues to Laika. But late 50s, the Russians launched Laika into space. Sadly, the dog didn't like it very much. It did not like it very much, but it probably was very present in the moment and enjoyed whatever it was doing. It had a perspective that no living being had ever had before. In any event, I'm going to give you a choice, Kurt. Yes, I'm ready. I want you to think hard about your answer. Okay, I got it. I'd like you to put your glasses on so I can get your best thinking. Did you ever notice that you hear better with your glasses on, or I seem to? What about when... You're driving and you have to concentrate on getting lost. You turn the radio down. That's a good point, too. That doesn't, <laughs> I guess it allows you to concentrate. Like, no, but there's nothing to concentrate around. <laughs> no, but when I'm pulling out of a complicated situation and someone in the backseat is talking, I will say, hang on a second, because I guess I need to focus. By the way, why do we also put our arm across the passenger if we're about to get in an accident? You know, like your arm's really going to prevent them from yeah, going through the windshield. The nice. Isn't it a nice impulse that you're trying to physically protect your passenger? What was I asking you? You're going to ask me a question. You want me to put on my glasses? You only can pick one, Kurt. Would you rather be Lassie, Toto, or Scooby-Doo? Hands down, Scooby-Doo. Oh, God. Hands down. Lassie was basically a hero, Kurt. Yeah, but Scooby-Doo had so much fun. And you're, you're afraid of the Wicked Witch, so that's probably why you didn't choose Toto. But Scooby-Doo Scooby did have a good time. Yeah. So you, without thinking about this, chose Scooby-Doo. Yeah, 100%. Years ago, when our kids were very small and they got dressed up for Halloween, sometimes we would take them to a Halloween party and the adults would dress up to get in the spirit of it all. And I have a Scooby-Doo costume, which apparently I should lend to you, that is made out of the thickest shag rug type fabric. And I think you put it on and it's like 172 degrees inside that thing. And for some reason, I have kept it all of these years and it's hanging in a closet in my house. How many times have you worn it? One time, uno. And you've kept it the whole time. I don't know why. I may have to throw a costume party where everyone comes dressed as their favorite dog. Just so you could wear it a second time. I know that this is what's amazing about humans and dogs don't have this ability, mostly because they can't talk, but except for Brian on Family Guy. But the subconscious works in such a beautiful way. When you were describing your Scooby-Doo costume, you said it's made with this shag material. Oh, shaggy. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Right. So I always thought was funny about, about dogs. You and I many times have talked about the velvet painting of dogs playing poker, yes. but I always thought it was funny. And I don't know if this was a far side or what it was. It sounds like a far side, but dogs playing poker and their tails going crazy. I don't think they can bluff. And Turn by the way, isn't that a beautiful thing, right? That it might give them away, but 
we as humans, and I get back to what I was starting the podcast with, we spend all this time hiding in this and that. And now we're spending tons of money with psychotherapists trying to get back to our true emotions. That's just what dogs are. Their tails are wagging, good or bad, right? They throw up on your carpet. They're wagging their tail. They're happy. Yeah, I think that's right. They don't hide their feelings, as you said. They are completely authentic and vulnerable. I don't think they feel vulnerable because sometimes when they're lying on their back looking to be pet, they clearly have no inhibitions whatsoever. They are authentic. They're not trying to put on airs for anybody, which does sound liberating, doesn't it? And think about it, too. What's also liberating, if you trust someone so much, that is and you, about anything. It is the most liberating, wonderful feeling in the world. I was looking at my dog today when I was eating lunch, and he was, of course, begging for something. And I thought, this guy trusts me so much, I could give him anything to eat, and he would eat it. Well, that's another thing. The begging. They have no self-esteem that gets in the way. No yeah. self-respect. <laughs> I'm sorry. They have no self-respect. They will beg for anything they want. Of course, they poop in front of groups of people right? anywhere they want to. So they don't have this painful self-awareness and this inner critic that seems to make it hard on humans. Kurt, if I had changed it to Lassie, Toto, and Snoopy, who would you have chosen? I'd still go with Snoopy. Yeah, Snoopy's fun. Did you know that Snoopy has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? I would hope so. You would hope so. I don't think Scooby does, by the way. I bet you he does. You're going to be in Los Angeles soon, are you not, Kurt? Yes, I will check it out. Thank you very much. And if you, would you please take a picture of Snoopy Star? And if you see Scooby Star, maybe put them up on Twitter or Instagram at Smart Drivel. Why do you think if dogs are man, and I know that's gender nonspecific, so human's best friend, and cats get a bad rap, by the way, in my opinion, rightfully so, but whatever. I think they deserve the bad rap. I think cats are to animals what vodka is to alcohol. It just shouldn't exist. And what oh the eagles God. are to music. So, Kurt, there are probably 60 million to 70 million cats as pets out there. And cat owners are as passionate and loving. Uh, look, as, so do you want to alienate half the American public here right okay. now? No, I don't want to alienate. I would just say it's okay for them to drink vodka, listen to the Eagles, and have a cat. I think that's all good. I just, please don't invite me over to that night. I want you to know that while I did not grow up a cat person, Oh boy. When I was in my mid-20s, my future wife and I were living in Memphis, Tennessee, and we acquired two beautiful cats. And one of those cats lived for 19 years. So why if they are... They're very soft. They're very cute. They're a little selfish. They walk wherever they want on the counter. If you read in the newspaper, they don't care. They'll walk right across the newspaper. But for you to argue that they shouldn't exist is a bit... I didn't say shouldn't exist. I said, to me, they fall in the pantheon, in the lower levels of the pantheon, along with the vodka martini and the eagles. That's what you said. And you realize that these podcasts are recorded, Kurt, right? The other thing I will tell you is, and I love dogs, I wish it were a dog, but I will give Cat its due because the cat was on one of the most iconic Up With People 70s posters ever. It's the cat on the wooden thing hanging on and it's, it's, it's stretched out and it said, hang in there, baby. That's right. What about what about the cat in the hat? 
Didn't you play the cat in the hat in the school musical? Which yeah. I'm very proud of. And you got yeah. to be the lead and yeah. you're a cat hater. Don't you think you should have told the producers before they chose you that you hate cats? But remember, that cat was anthropomorphized into an amazing human being. It was a cat. Cat in the hat. Okay. I was in first grade, John. All right. Well, it's come up on this podcast. All right. Three Dog Night. We're talking about dogs. Do you have a favorite Three Dog Night song or two? You of course. With us? Jeremiah was a bullfrog, was a good friend of mine. Never understood a single word he said, but I helped him to drink his wine. And you know what? He always had mighty fine wine. Joy to the world. Joy to the world is probably the most famous of their songs. You want to do a couple bars from Shambhala? No. You know that song. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. I can't sing it for you because I don't do that because I'm not a dog and I have self-respect. But... If you go listen to that after the podcast, I guarantee you know the song Shambhala. I got another dog that I would like to be too. Astro on the Jetsons. Astro. <laughs> that was a great show. We should go back and watch an episode of the Jetsons to see how many of those things that were in their futuristic world exist now. Because I bet you some of them do. And it would be fun to see what they were wrong about as well. That's a great idea. All right, we have to wrap it up. Do you have any last words on oh, dog? Yeah, I do. Okay. I have a couple more dog questions for you. Did the dog eat your homework? The dog, well, there's a great expression. It's uh, a doggy dog world, John. Which some people think is a doggy dog world as opposed to a dog eat dog world. In any event, there have been a lot of movies with dogs playing a prominent or starring role. Yes. I would like you to guess the number one dog movie of all time. I know it. I know it. Old Yeller. Wow. Sometimes you really impress me, Kurt. This is one of those times. What was it? It's Old Yeller. It is? <laughs> old Yeller. I know I asked you an important question before about which one of those dogs you wanted to be, but I think a far more important question to ask you and all of our listeners is... Like a baby. Good. Because if you didn't cry when Old Yeller died, there is something wrong with you. Wept and wept and wept. Everybody cries when Old Yeller dies. You know the number two dog movie of all time, since you're uh, such a good guesser? Uh, yes, Homeward Bound. No, I'll give you a hint. 76 trombones in the big parade. The Music Man? <laughs> no, I'm giving you a hint. Gary, Indiana? Mm, giving you a hint. <laughs> the Music Man, that's what the song is in The Music Man. 76 trombones. You have taken what I said in a perfectly predictable, conventional, <laughs> obvious direction, but I have more faith in you than that. <sighs> about the structure of the title, 76 trombones in the big parade? Yeah, something about music bo the band played on? No, how about something that starts with a number? 76? Uh, I have no idea, just tell me. 101 Dalmatians. Oh yeah, that would make sense. All right, I think we've had enough in our dog life. And by the way, since we are talking about dogs, this actually counts as seven episodes, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> well done. You brought us into this dog world. Do you want to take us out of it, Kurt? Woof, woof, woof. Please Bye, everyone. Please don't lick the screen. That's just not a good look. Listen, everybody, thank you for joining us for this episode of Smart Dribble. Kurt and I will be back next week with a brand new episode of Smart Dribble. Until then, we hope your life is filled with smart dribble. Goodbye, everybody. Ciao, everyone. Woof. Woof. Woof.